Hallelujah. Father God, we just thank you for your presence right now. We thank you for your word that have gone forth from this house. And we faithfully stand together in one accord. That every word that came forth this morning truly came from your mouth and it shall be. We shall stand on this word. We shall not be shaken. We shall not be moved. But we will decree and we will say yes and amen. For your word says that your word is assured. And it's a yes and amen assurance. And so we agree upon that. In the precious name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Boy, I just love that kind of worship. The kind of worship the world we won't let anything stop us. We don't have a drummer. We don't have a keyboard player. But we have our faith and we have ourselves and we have our praise to him. You see, this is how I worship at home. This is what I do at home. I don't, I, you know, I just pick up my bass and I just begin to worship. I just begin to play. And I know that the spirit of God is upon the strings of my instrument because God said this to me when I was so ignorant to the prophetic. I had no idea really what the prophetic was all about, but I was so hungry. I was so hungry. I wanted it. I wanted it, man. You know, I mean, I was just I was just crazy for the prophetic. And the first time I heard about prophesying on the strings, this was from Prophet Kim Clement. He said, sir, the spirit of Elijah rests upon you. The spirit of Elijah rests upon you. You don't know the anointing that you walk in, but you will walk in it. And you will walk in the office of a prophet one day, but you will prophesy on the strings. And people will be touched by that that is coming off of your strings. For that guitar shall no longer be a guitar, but it shall be the voice of God. Now, when I first heard that, I said, who is this dude? How can God speak through a bass guitar? Because I was looking at it with casual observation. I was looking at it with my eyes of carnality, right? And stupidity. But then when he broke it down, he showed me, well, go to the scriptures. What was David doing in the king's chambers when that distressing spirit came up on Saul? What was he doing? He was prophesying on the strings. I give you a short testimony about when God took me to the king's cha uh, chambers once. We were in Detroit. A lot happened in Detroit, guys. I mean, so much, man. Detroit really, truly became a Bethel for Kim and I. It was a place where angels ascended and descended upon us. For when God told us both to go to Detroit, our response was, well, what the heck is in Detroit? Why do I want to go to Detroit? Why would I want to just stop everything and dwell in a city like Detroit, which is known for all kinds of crime? You know, it just wasn't a city that, for me, that I wanted to go to. New York, Chicago, I don't know why I was, I think Chicago was because of the tall buildings, but I was, as a kid, New York, Chicago, and L.A., was the three cities that I said, man, I want to see these three cities. And when I had this dream about Detroit, I was standing in this city and I was surrounded by big buildings. And I thought I had made it in New York. I said, I'm here. I'm in New York. And the voice said, no, this is not New York. This is Detroit. And I said, well, what, what's in Detroit? And then the voice said, big. 
You see, for me, Detroit was a place of pain, a place of crime. It wasn't a place where I really wanted to go. But see, when I got there, I realized Detroit was exactly what God said it was going to be. It was going to be big. It was going to be a place to where he would develop, sharpen my gift, put Kim and I together in such a way that a sound will be born in the both of us and the sound will be released throughout the earth. And that's exactly what has happened. That's exactly what is, you know, you know what happened. But uh, um, when, when we were in Detroit, um, Detroit became a place to where God would show me things and God would begin to speak to me about different things. And, and he showed me my, my future. He showed me that, Charlie, not only from Detroit, you are going to do these things, but God took me to places where I didn't even think that I was going to go. See, I only had three places on my mind. God started saying, no, you're going to go to, to Europe, you're going to go to South Africa, you're going to go to Canada, you're going to go to Scandinavia, you're going to go to the east, and in the east, you're going to come against that beast of the east, and you will pull that beast of the east down. You will pull that, 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 that thing down. Detroit became so beautiful, such a, such a powerful place. But it was in Detroit that I began to understand the nature of prophesying on the bass guitar prophesying on the bass guitar because when i got there all of a sudden things started happening just like that j-e-s-u-s is in effect that was from me playing my bass and all of a sudden i heard this and i began to proclaim it and for the detroit press to have and and coincidentally everyone from that day forward there's no more hell's night in detroit there's no more hell's not in Detroit I mean it happened it happened exactly the way God said it happened and so you know uh, stepping into this thing called the prophetic was something so beautiful for me and what I'm sensing in this house right now as a matter of fact I don't have to tell you guys I don't have to tell you guys about how prophetic you are but this is what I'm sensing and I'm going to stand on this. I'm going to believe this because I know that this house is going to grow and you're going to get your musicians in here. I'm, I'm just that's I believe that's the reason why I'm here. I believe that's the reason why I'm here. I'm here to plow the ground for some prophetic minstrels to come in this house for a prophetic drama to come into this house totally submitted to God like I am for bass guitars to come into this house totally submitted to God like I am for a keyboard player to come into this house totally submitted to God like I am that's what I'm believing for because see you've been through many battles and you have stood and you're still standing for the whole arm of God is something that you don't take off you wear it 24 7 52 weeks out of the year 365 days a year you got the arm of God on 
you have it and you take it everywhere you go and you got this word which is sharper than any two-edged sword which is more powerful than anything that man can try to perpetrate and bring up I don't care what man says this right here is powerful but you can say I got the word of God I got that word inside of me and nothing can stand up against the word of the almighty God I'm telling you right now that this house is being elevated it's being elevated come on you guys are below sea level here right that's what they say that New Orleans is below sea level but let me tell you praise church is above sea level I said praise church is above you see, because everything that is negative is under your feet. Everything of darkness is under your feet. I don't care what they say or what they try to do. Praise church is elevated. Come on. Come on. You have risen up. You have stood the test of time. And you didn't waver. Oh, y'all, you may have stumbled a little bit. You may have went back like this, but you stood straight up. Like Johnny McClurkin said, we fall down, but we get up. Come on. We fall down, but we get up. You're up and you're standing and you're walking on the promises of God today. Hallelujah. So I don't care what's going on around you. I don't care what you see with your natural eyes. What you have now is perception. You have that which sees instead of looking. You see, when, when you walk by a burning bush and you look at it, the bush ain't going to say anything. But when you perceive and see, then the bush will speak. That's what happened with Moses. Moses walked by the bush and he looked upon it. God didn't say anything. Because he was looking with eyes of casual observation. But the minute Moses said, wait, I have to turn and see what this great event is. God said, come on, take those shoes off because now you're standing on my ground. You're standing on my ground. You don't have to cover your feet. You don't have to worry about anything bruising your feet. You don't have to worry about anything. All you're doing, you're elevating. You're walking above that, which is this ground, because this ground is holy. And, it, and so no longer do you have to worry about it. Well, I got to wear shoes, because I don't want this sticker to stick. No, you don't have to worry about it when you're walking with God. You know, Enoch walked with God. You know the scripture when it says, Enoch walked with God and he was not. You know what? I, I love the way Prophet Kim taught this. That word was not basically means that God mingled with him. God and Enoch became one. They were locked together. And then Enoch was not. And you know what that means? The type and shadow of this is so beautiful. When you walk with God, the things of this world truly become was not. They can't stop you. They can't stop you. When your eyes are focused on seeing and perceiving what God is doing, it doesn't matter what's going on around you. It doesn't matter. Because now you're walking on streets of gold. You're walking on your street called straight. You're walking on your street. And when you continue to walk that street, God is going to direct you to a saw so that you can open his eyes. God is going to direct you to an Esther so that you can tell her and raise her up and show her how beautiful she is. Come on, everybody.
anybody. Come on. This is where we're headed in this season. God has allowed all of this to take place. Everything that is happening, he allowed it. Why? Because he wanted us to stop looking and stop being motivated by fear. And he wanted us to begin to perceive so that we can see what he sees. Because let me tell you a beautiful story about the, the about the route somewhere in the future. Everyone heard that route, right? If you haven't, it was a route that came forth from the Detroit area. We were actually in Canada. And this was back in 1995. I tell you, Detroit, that whole region was such a blessing. Such a blessing. We were in Canada, and Kim was speaking. He was his message was out of Hosea six chapter four, I believe that's the uh, the chapter when, when when God is talking about my people perish or they are destroyed for lack of knowledge. That word knowledge there is perception. That's the Hebrew. That's the the root meaning of that Hebrew word for lack of perception. So he was preaching on this. And you know how the sound that God developed between us, where I was set back down on this bass guitar. And, and, and here's another uh, testimony about prophesying on the stream. Because Kim didn't direct me to do that. It just began to happen in Detroit. We were there and I just, you know, I'm going to stay up on the stage. Kim is going to go out and preach now. But I'm going to stay up on the stage. And I, and I told the drummer, I said, look, let's just stay up here. And the drum was like, why, man? I said, come on, man, just, just, let's just stay up here. And then I began to just casually at different points begin to play. I was allowing the spirit of God to come upon me because it comes into alignment when Elisha, when he was asked the question, what shall we do? What did Elisha say? Bring me a minstrel. Bring me a musician because I need that musician to play and to prophesy and clear the atmosphere. Well, that's what I begin to do. And all of a sudden, this, this camaraderie between the prophet and I, I would strike a note on that string and he would start prophesying. He would begin to prophesy and it happened all the time. We were in Canada and he was preaching out of Hosea 6-4. And I heard this. I put my bass down, but I heard this boom, 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 boom. I heard that groove, right? I heard it in my head. And I said, man, I'm, that's, that's pretty, that's pretty cool. And so I started playing it. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah, I'm going to have to pick this up. Yeah. I'm going to have to pick this up. Because, see, that's the best way to uh, give this testimony. It's just to play it as I speak it. Hallelujah. You see, without, without knowing what was going to happen next, I just begin to play this thing. Right? I begin to play this groove. And so he was preaching. Give me like two seconds. Let me get this right here in the corner. So he was preaching. I said, Now, what I started doing, I started playing this very softly, like. And then I saw, you know, I can always tell when the spirit hit Kim. Because Kim, I used to I used to joke with him. I said, Man, you the bl blackest white man I've ever met. You know? 
you know, easy to say, well, hey, man, I am from South Africa. I used to hang out with those Zulus all, you know, it had to jump on me, you know. But no. And I started playing this riff. And he started like, started moving his head like this, you know. And he was preaching out of Hosea and he was talking about the future. And he said, you know, you guys, you got to realize that you can grab the future and you can bring it into your now. You don't have to worry about what's going on around you because, you know, you're somewhere in the future. Much better than you look like now. You're somewhere in the future. And you look much better than you look And we begin to wrap that over and over and over again, not really knowing what God was really saying, getting the full revelation of it. It came to me just a couple of years ago because it was from the soil of Canada that that song was birthed, that that proclamation was birthed. And then the other day I was on one of my live broadcasts and I began to talk about Canada and that song and a prophetic utterance came out of me and I began to prophesy that from that song, the, the last time for Canada to re the harvest from that seed, that song, you're somewhere in the future and you look much better than you look right now. Now, for I don't care what the enemy has planned and what he's trying to do, but Canada, you shall be free. Yeah. Two or three days later, that convoy started and they started running through Canada and guess what they was talking about? Freedom. We're free. And it started a movement. That proclaim, uh, that proclamation is a proclamation of life and Canada is free the US is free the UK is free I don't care what the enemy has tried you see the devil brought all of this upon this land and, and, and upon this earth and God has allowed it why so that our faith can grow so that our faith can rise up and I'm telling you right now, we are seeing the beginning of the end of this thing that is happening. COVID-19, what is that? That's nothing because there's a name that's greater than COVID-19. Come on. Mask mandate, what's that? There's a name that's greater than any kind of mandate of man. The mandate that we shall follow is that of the Lord's. But he said, take my good news. Take my good news to the four corners of this earth. Any other mandate we ain't supposed to pay any attention to. Because it's not from the mouth of the Father. It's got to be from the prince of the power of the earth. We ain't following that dude anymore. We are no longer under the clutches of the kingdom of darkness. But we are children of the most high God. We carry the light of his gospel on the inside of us and that light is the life of man. Do you realize that the word, this is what I wanted to preach on in my, you know, my computer but I, I'm just going to wing it because God is moving right now. God, God, God is speaking right now. You know there's been a movement to destroy a generation. Look at this generation right here. The devil is scared of this generation right here because he tried to keep this generation from coming up from rising up but let me tell you something I know that I see 
Roe v. Wade down. It's been prophesied, everyone. It's been proclaimed out of the book of Peter, 2 Peter 1.19, or is it 128? It's 119, where we have a sure word of prophecy. And if we heed it, and that means to me, if we become one with that word, then we become light shining in a dark place. That's who you and I are. We are light shining in dark places. It's been dark since 2020, right? Yeah, 2020 was dark. For who? Not for us. But for those in the world, 2021, yeah, it, it was dark, right? But not for us. For we are the light of God. We carry that light on the inside of us. What God allowed is for this thing to get to this point. Now we have risen up. I don't know about you, man, but you know, so many people, uh, and sometimes I, I'm a little bit skeptical to, to give this testimony, but God said, boy, just, just tell people what I've done for you. Don't worry about it. But I remember when 2020 first hit, when they shut down everything. Everybody, what was it, 26 million people unemployed just like that, out of work? Yes, it was terrible. But for us, I don't know, I, I can, let me just say for me, all of a sudden, God says, now watch me truly become Jehovah Jireh, your provider. Watch and see that I am truly your provider. All of us, I lost every job that I had. I, I, it was, I, was, I was at home. I was at home, but all of a sudden, God started to provide. All of a sudden, things just started coming into place. You know, I, I, you know, I had property that, that my brother and sister didn't want to sell. They were, you know, they were staying there. And, and, well, not my brother. My sister was staying in one of the properties. But all of a sudden, they both said, you know, you know, maybe we should sell this. And, you know, uh, my sister said, I'm going to move to Oklahoma. And so um, we're just going to sell uh, this property that we got from our parents when they finally transitioned over. They had some property. And uh, so let's just sell it. I don't know about y'all, but that was God. That was God. Because guess what it did? It sold like that. It sold when people didn't have the money to buy, according to the uh, the naysayers, according to the prognosticators. No, there's no work. There's no no. But this property sold just like this. Two of them, finance came. That was God. And then it just started happening. Things just started just happening in my life. 2020 was a time, and this is what I want to say about 2020. What I did in 2020. Even though God was providing, I still focus on him. And I said, you know what, God? Thank you, but I'm going to keep praising you. I ain't going I, I to stop. Nothing is going to stop me from praising you. I continue to trust in the Lord. And then God started speaking to me and said, hey, you ain't the only one I'm doing this for. You're not the only one that I'm doing this for. And I begin to talk to different people that I knew. And all of a sudden, they're giving me testimonies about how God is providing for him. I had a good friend out of California who his whole job depended on what he sold. He was in financial banking. 
Now think, back then, nothing was happening financially. But my friend, his name is Randy. Guess what? He prospered in 2020. He kept, he kept getting loans. He kept sending, he, in other words, finance kept coming in. He kept getting that which he needed to provide for his family. So much so, he did so well. He was the only one in his branch that was doing so well. They gave him an extra month in December of 2020 as a vacation. You've done so well. You've made us so much money. We're going to give you the whole month of December off so that you can enjoy your family. That was God, everybody. That was God. You see, because he was somewhere in the future and we look much better than you look right now when that word came forth in, in, in 1995 and we began to proclaim that everywhere we went we didn't realize that what god was about to do was truly thrust us into a future that looked bad because if you go through the prophetic utterances of prophet kim clement we can go far as far back as 2005, 2008, 2007. Come on, 2007 is when he said, Trump shall be a trumpet. Trump shall be a trumpet. And Bill Gates would open up the, the, the financial realm for the church. That was in 2007. That was 10 years before the man took the oath to become the 45th president of the United States. God thrust us in 2007 to 2017 and showed us a future. Okay, God thrust us from 2008 to 2020 and 2021 with this particular pro uh, uh, promise, prophetic word. We have two presidents. A very interesting thing. Now, I'm, I'm paraphrasing everyone. That's an interesting thing, isn't it? But they would say we have two presidents. How can one with a double mind stand before the people? But God says, no, they shall say we have two presidents. But God says, I will work all of this, all of this out. That was from 2008. Now, I don't, I don't mean to get political in this house. I don't want to get political. I'm going to stay prophetic. Who do you think God was talking about when he said, and one with a double mind would have the nerve to stand before the people? I don't know. I just got to tell you, number 46 definitely has a double mind. He's got a double mind. You know, and God directed me to pray for this man. God directed me to pray for him because he is in a position that has not been allotted for him to walk in. He is not supposed to be in that position. They have put him in a compromised position. And what God came up on me said, pray for him. Pray for him for he is truly lost. But that's where we are, everyone. God has thrust us into this now. And I just want to tell you guys this, is that if you're standing here now and you're listening to me and you are, you qualify. Amen. You have arrived. Yes. 
for what God said to me for 2022. He said, now 2022 is the year of true breakthrough. That this that I have ordained and elected and called you to step into, you shall step into it in 2022. And then he said this to me. He said, because now you are here to reap this harvest. What God wants us to do is to go out and just manifest Christ. Just go out and be who you are in him and watch and see how people will be drawn to you. That's what he said to me when, when this thing tried to put me in the hospital and tried to kill me. I call it this thing because I don't like to call it by name anymore. It's COVID. Yeah, I came down with it. I had double pneumonia, had a blood clot in my left lung. Put me in the hospital. Put me in the hospital. Put me on my back. But you know what I decided to do? You know, I decided to be bold. I decided to adopt Romans 8, 28. All things work together to good for those who love God and who are called according to his purpose. You see, I was laying in that bed and I was talking to a prophet after this doctor came in and gave me this gloomy look as if he was giving me bad news, sir. You have a pulmonary embolism. And I just boldly said, well, what is that? I had no idea what that was. He said, you have a blood clot in your lungs. I said, I got a blood clot? I said, no, I don't. Sir, we just did a CT scan. You have a blood clot in your lungs. I said, oh, my goodness. So you ain't going home. And so a prophet called me on the phone. I was talking on the phone. Then the resident doctor came in. And then all of a sudden, I start calling him by his rightful name, Prophet James. I said, okay, Prophet, well, I want you to pray for me. Just continue to pray. Little Indian lady, she was listening. She's gone over the chart. When I hung up the phone, she said, uh, you're a prophet? And I looked at her and I said, yes. And she said, you believe in that stuff? I said, yeah, I'm a prophet. I believe it. <laughs> like that. I said, I'm a prophet. And she said, really? Explain to me why that, you know, um, why you think you're a prophet. And I began to speak, and guess who took over my tongue? the spirit of God all of a sudden I begin I was like what am I saying I didn't even know I had that knowledge but it began to come out of me it touched her and she said I'm the resident doctor here you do know you're not going home right and I said yeah that's what they just told me she said I will see you in the morning and when I come tomorrow will you please pray for me and I said I sure will when they took me up and you know I tested negative for COVID that's what I'm just going to tell you man. Uh, I know I had COVID but I kept testing negative for it so I kept saying okay God that's right I don't have COVID but you got me here for a purpose I'm here and I'm going to do whatever it is that you want me to do so you know what I begin to do I begin to witness to everybody in that hospital I was on the COVID ring right and they had me in there they come in with their level 4 biological suits on it was like I had Ebola or something right and they coming in there you know I mean it was crazy that's you know, but then I begin to witness to everybody. The little Indian lady, she came in. She was the first one on that uh, uh, Sunday morning. She came in, and I was just waiting for her to ask me because I was just, you know, I'm just gonna wait. And she said, "Sir, can you pray for me?" I said, "Yes, ma'am." And I begin to pray, and all of a sudden, prophetic prayer came out of me. And she was like this. 
as I was praying, but the minute I touched on something, I said, and your husband, and your husband, God is doing it. And all of a sudden, when I begin to prophesy, her hands begin to go up like this. And her hands went up in there. She began to worship God right there. She began, and that was the beginning of it. Every nurse, every tech, every doctor that came in, I began to witness to them about the goodness of Jesus. I had a reputation in that hospital. Hey, the guy in, in, in room number one, let me tell you something. That I've never had so much joy taking care of a person as I had with this man in there. When you go in there, you're going to be touched. I had a reputation of being the preacher on the COVID ring. <laughs> And I touched everyone. I remember praying for this lady. She was taking a sonogram of my chest and everything because they was trying to figure out where this clock came from, my legs and everything. So I began to pray for her. And as I was praying for her, she got touched by the power of God. And then my daughter called and I picked up the phone. I had just finished. And this lady couldn't stop. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you for praying for me. Thank you for praying for me. My daughter posted it on Facebook, to, you know, that day. My dad up there sick and he's up there praying for people and people are getting touched by God while he's sick. That's exactly. So I begin to look at my circumstance no longer the way it wanted me to look at it. I begin to see purpose on why I was there. God, you got me here for a reason. I was supposed to be in Houston. Garland, I was supposed to be at Houston there in Humble. Yeah, I was booked to go there. But God said, no, I want you at Presbyterian Hospital and I want you to begin to prophesy to the doctors and the nurses up there. When I checked out, they all said, Bob, Mr. Jordan, we're so happy that you're doing okay. Because see, the presence of God, when you begin to perceive, when you begin to look at your circumstance the way God wants you to see it, it's nothing. It's beneath you. It's nothing. It's beneath you. If you can stay focused on what God is doing, then your circumstances become what was not. And then you can begin to do what? To receive and speak and manifest his kingdom and his word. And that's exactly what I've, I'm just telling you right now. 2020 turned out to be good for me. It turned out to be good for me. And it turned out to be good for each and every one of you. Don't let, if, if you said you were saying, oh, no, you know, I don't know, but it was bad. No, uh-uh, it was good because you're here. You're here. And you're still breathing. You're here. And you have passed the test. And let me tell you something. That test didn't come from God. It came from that old dog called Satan. And, and now you have arrived. And I'm telling you right now, I know that there's a harvest that we are about to reap. I'm telling you right now, I know it, I know it. I, I, I can go into different stores. I remember just manifesting the kingdom. This, li this little old lady, she was back to where Bethany was. She was coming toward the door of this store that I was coming, that I had came out. And she, you know, she had to be about 85, 90 years old. And she was walking toward the door. So you, got, you, know, you know what I did? I opened the door and I waited for her. The whole time she and, and then she called me young man. I love you. Thank you, young man. Thank you so much. I said, oh, thank you. Thank you. God be with you. Yes, he is. He's with me all the time. <laughs> Simply being 
good. Simply manifesting him. Just, just, just do it. Let me tell you, people are going to heap onto you. And you will be able to share the gospel sometimes without even opening your mouth. Without even opening your mouth because this is the season of acceleration. Amen. Let me tell you something about abortion and it's coming to an end. It's coming to an end. Out of the book and, and then I'm going to end with this because I don't know how much time we got. I don't know. But, but let me end with this. I had a whole message but this is how <laughs> this is where God directed me. So I'm just I'm going to go with it. Right. I'm going to go with it. Let me tell you something. This is how you can witness to someone, and I'm not talking about those that are not Christian or who haven't been touched by Christ. I'm talking about some of the believers that follow a party or platform that truly believe in the aborting of God's elect. You see, babies, is considered by God his elect. Let me put it to you this way. In the book of Jeremiah chapter 1, it says that God says, before you were placed in your mother's womb, I knew you. Okay, so before we were even put in there, God knew us. We were in him. And then he says this, he said, before you were born, I sanctified you, set you apart, and ordained you. Now let's break down that word. Sanctified. You know what that really means? Made holy. Ordained means you have been called to do something for him. So before you were born, I ordained you, made you holy, and ordained you to do something great for me. And then God says, you shall be. That's God's elect. How can anyone think that a baby isn't life? Think about it. How can it? You see, my next conversation with a believer that believes in this, I remember one time my wife got into a discussion with, with a uh, believer and they, you know, she, she actually said to my wife, I bet you, you're conservative. And my wife said, no, I'm not conservative. She said, well, you must be an independent. I'm not an independent. I just believe in God. I believe in his word. Well, there's other issues. You know, you keep talking about abortion, but there are other issues that are just as important. I said to my wife, you should have said to her, no, it's not. That's the main issue right there. That issue is the most important issue to God. Because what you are saying that it's okay to kill a person that God has ordained, made holy, that have sanctified it and brought it into this world to do something for him. God calls this baby all of that before he comes out of the womb. He says it be even before he is put or she is put in the womb. God is saying, this is my elect. How can you believe that this issue isn't as important but it is 
but it is. But God has said through the mouth of his reparable prophets that this is coming to an end. It is truly coming to an end. So let me tell you something. The Supreme Court is taking a time making this decision. But that's okay. It's already done. It's already completed. And you know what? I don't even care if they, if they try to keep it going. Let me tell you something. I know Roe v. Wade is coming to an end. It is over. It is over. I've seen it. I've seen it. And so I know that this thing is coming to an end. And so this is what I want, this is what I want to say to each and every one of you. I want you to walk out of this place today and know that you have arrived at a place in God that God says, now I'm thrusting you into this that I have called you and anointed and appointed you to do. Don't listen to the news media anymore. Turn that mess off. That mess is exactly what it is. It's garbage. It's not meant for the ear of the righteous to hear. For we hear a different sound. We hear the sound of heaven. And what that sound, when they try to bring that, uh, that, that atmosphere of fear and doubt, we can manifest the kingdom of God, which is righteousness, peace, and joy. And nothing can come against it. I'm telling you right now that we have arrived. And this that ha has, has been held back is coming to fruition. So I want you guys to receive this word today. We prophesied to New Orleans. We said that this place is alive. We prophesied to Denise. She's alive. There's a life in this place, everyone. There's life in you. Take this life and take it to those that are just dipped in just doubt and ugliness and watch and see how God begins to manifest his glory through each and every one of you. Come on, stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Hallelujah. Father God, we just thank you right now for what you've done. We thank you for what you're doing right now, Father God. Father God, through your humble servant this day. Father God, through your humble servant this day. I've given what you have decreed and have placed upon, upon my heart. And Father God, let it manifest upon each and every one here today. We worship you. We worship you. Hallelujah. Fill our hearts with joy. Hallelujah. Fill our hearts with joy this day. We receive it today. And we honor you. Once again, we speak life. We speak life to Denise. life, life, life. We decree that that thing that has invaded her body it's been dissolved right now by your presence. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit overtake her right now. 
Hallelujah. Overtake her right now. And burn out that wicked thing. Burn it out. We decree life for Denise. Life, life, life. We decree life right now in Jesus' name. Come on, just give him praise right now. It's a powerful service today. A lot of impartation that is taking place in here for you to receive it. Take it from here. We're gonna, we're gonna receive an offering for our brother right now. I'm gonna ask our ushers to come. And uh, since he's on the base there, I was thinking while I was over here just a moment ago, we were in the Bahamas years ago. And anytime that they would take up and receive an offering, they would come dancing down the aisle. Remember that? And uh, I'm going to ask our brother just to something kicking a little bit in here. I want you, if you have an offering, you want to write a check, make it to Praise Church. Also in the back, on the back table, there are CDs. I put one of those in my truck the other day. And you know what I did though? I don't know if you noticed this, but I began to pass out CDs. And and uh, I, I just I just felt like God wanted me to give everyone in here a CD. And so those that didn't receive one, I, who who haven't received a CD yet? Okay, all right. If you hadn't received a CD, just go back and and just grab one, whichever one you want. And that's my gift. I just felt God told me to do that. So, wow, thank you. <laughs> Prepare your offering. We want a blessing. Yeah, and and he's got three different three different CDs back there. Yeah. So so go back and get those. Up. I was listening to one and just riding riding in my vehicle, and man, I can just feel the presence of God moving in as I was listening to that. So you know, just a powerful, powerful anointing on it, and so. But I want you to give this morning. Now, let me let me say this. There's a lot of people that say, well, you know what? <clears throat> I'm just going to go buy a CD. And that's going to be my offering. That's not your offering. You just bought a CD. Which is going to be a blessing to you. But when you give, and you, and you give out of a cheerful heart, then the windows of heaven begin to open up for you. Making sense? So we want to give this morning, we want to bless him. And so if you would prepare your offering, stand to your feet. Father, we just thank you today for what you're doing. Thank you for an awesome, awesome service in here. Thank you for the impartation and thank you for a friend. And Lord, we ask you that your blessings be upon each and every one of us as we give today. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. I just got her, her dancing shoes on there. Thank <laughs> you.
Dallas today to hear him tonight. It's only 45 minutes there. It's 30 minutes back. Amen. Father, we thank you for these wonderful people. God, I ask you that your hand would be upon them. Bless them as they're going in and bless them as they're coming out. Lord, we ask you for a double portion upon their lives. Father, we come against sickness and disease right now. And Father, we ask you to total healing would come upon your people. Lord, your word says, your word says that there should be none sick among us. And Lord, we're standing upon that. Lord, let your blessings be upon each one of us and we give you praise for it. Amen. God bless you. And we will see you soon. Thank <laughs> you.